Hey, you. Thanks for tapping into some Untapped Keg podcast where we explore different perspectives, sobriety, and mental health so that we can take something, implement it into our own lives, and get to a thriving mindset. The place where we believe there's only one right way to sobriety, and that's the way that works for you. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I am excited and honored to be joined by Coach Jamie Phillips. Jamie, Coach Jamie is an alcohol freedom mindset coach certified through This Naked Mind and also one of the founders of Pause the Poor and More. More on that later. How are you doing today, Jamie? Hi, RJ. I'm doing great. So nice to see you. It's great to see you too. I always, you bring this sunshine. It's always, every time that um, we talk and honestly, even if we're not talking, we're in a big group setting and you talk like it just smile comes to my face. So I I really appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. Can you give us a little bit of your background before we get um, too deep into it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, like you said, I'm um, a certified coach through this naked mind, along with you and our fellow (laughs) classmates. Um, And I feel really lucky and really excited about that. And so I've, um, I've launched my personal coaching business for one on one coaching. And in that space, I primarily focus on creative humans that are struggling with burnout and drinking to cope. And using a break from alcohol as a way to rest, repair, and not only recover from burnout, but eventually reignite that inner spark that can so often get dulled um, with chronic stress, burnout, um, just drinking in general. You know, it can kind of dim our light. So that's kind of my focus for my one-on-one practice. And then, yeah, I've created this group platform with two other amazing coaches and that's for intimate small group coaching in the space of alcohol and alcohol freedom Um, whatever that goal looks like for you we're not preaching sobriety or total abstinence like there's a whole spectrum of of what you could want alcohol to look like in your life Um, so we support that and we've got different programs for various people at different stages in that journey Um, so yeah it's it's really exciting. All of this is really exciting. Um, and, you know, I was trying to think of, okay, what's my story with alcohol? What's the short story? <laughs> and but, Because in hindsight now, looking back with the clarity of mind that I have now, I mean, I can see that my entire life led up to all of the reasons why I was drinking ultimately. So like the long story starts way back when I was a weird little kid, a quirky, creative, queer little kid in a small town and didn't feel like I fit in and, you know, so desperately wanted to fit in. Um, but anyway, we don't have <laughs> we don't have time for that story today. But um, if you fast forward a few decades, I ended up in a job that was incredibly stressful and I was experiencing exhaustion and burnout already. And then the pandemic hit and it was like the stress and anxiety. I mean, not only of just my job, but of life in general, there was this 
shared trauma that we all went through during that time that, I mean, it just cranked everything up to max. And, and I didn't have the tools to cope. I, I was, alcohol was probably my primary tool for everything at that point, uh, stress, a hard day at work, uh, sad feelings, happy feelings, celebrating, you know, alcohol was my, my one tool for everything. So, um, I was drinking to cope with stress during the pandemic and knowing what I know now about what alcohol actually does in our bodies and minds. It, that was just like the worst thing that I could have done. Um, but I didn't know. So that's, that's part of why I'm so fired up. Part of, a huge part of why I've become a coach is because, I mean, I just want to shout this from the rooftops I, I, and not from a place of judgment. I'm not judging anyone out there that's drinking. I just want people to know. I just want people to have the big picture. I want them to have the information that I didn't have. I, I don't feel like in our society, I don't feel like we just have that information readily accessible for folks to make an informed decision about their drinking. Um, so that's that's part of why I'm here. And it's it's amazing how so many of us in our coaching cohort came together and had similar feelings where it's like, there's not that judgment. You just want people to know. And, you know, something that I've said before is like spotlighting choices you didn't know you had because that's like when it comes to non-alcoholic drinks, mocktails, alternative cocktails, all of that, you don't understand what is possible because we just, so many people are like, as soon as they hear there's not alcohol, they just sh- shut off. Yep. And it's really interesting to see how all, like so many of us are, what, you know, it's not judgment. It's, you can do what you want, just be healthy. Right. And yeah. I think what this naked, naked mind gave all of us is that, that phrase of your relationship with alcohol, because yeah. it's so key. And it, it that is perfect for if you don't drink at all it's perfect for if you are drinking what is your relationship to alcohol and having those words that like they gave us is just that's been one of the things that i've found so um powerful right 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 even just the framing of you know because i feel like in this society um, in the U.S. and beyond, but this society, there's just sort of this assumption that alcohol is part of your life, our life. It's assumed that when you turn 21, you're going to go to the bars, and it, and that means if you haven't already been drinking somehow before that, you know, it's it's just a it's a, it's an assumption. So even just framing it as a relationship, as this thing that you could even think about. <laughs> um, it, I think even that is a, a slight mindset shift from the usual. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, like you said, you have this, the assumptions that are like placed onto you, right? Now, when you say relationship, all of a sudden it opens up to, oh, what could that be? I guess. And you're out of that box. You're out of the assumption, right? And that's, that's powerful too, to realize that 
<laughs> I love how you put that. <laughs> um, so as, as you have progressed from understanding that your relationship with alcohol was not where you wanted it to be to joining this naked minds coaching cohort, what was a catalyst or something that helped you get to the place that you are now with, with alcohol? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, it's the science. I mean, uh, I was lucky enough that a friend of mine sent me a link to, um, the information within this naked mind. And that was my, that was my entry point. But once I got in there and I started learning the science of what alcohol does in our bodies and minds, in all human bodies and minds, um, some animals too, um, the, the neuroscience of habit change, understanding the mindset component of all of this, better understanding how it is that our minds are actually functioning in the background, um, the, the science of how we learn, the science of how habits are formed, why they're formed, um, and, and why they can be difficult to change. Um, that all of the, the scientific angles just blew the roof off for me in all of this. And, you know, like I said, I was drinking alcohol to cope with stress and not knowing that alcohol actually creates stress in our bodies and minds, that it actually triggers the release of hormones like cortisol and adrenaline stress hormones. And so the irony of, of using alcohol to, <laughs> to try to combat stress was like, I was, it was just so ironic. I was creating more stress in my system than I realized. Um, so the, the science unlocked this new opportunity for a new perspective. And it also allowed me to access some self-compassion in all of this that I definitely did not have access to before. Um, I had this inner dialogue of uh, judgment and blame and shame. And, you know, I, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't drinking a ton, but I was drinking enough that I knew that it um, was damaging my health. I knew that it was impacting my life in negative ways. And, um, and part of my story also is that I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in my 20s. And that's an autoimmune disease. And, um, and I was doing so many things in my life to uh, avoid inflammation. I was trying to live this anti-inflammatory lifestyle. I was paying a ton of money for organic foods and fancy supplements. And I mean, not to mention doctor's appointments and all that stuff, but it was a, it was a huge focus of my life. And so again, in hindsight, the fact that I was drinking alcohol in addition to all of these healthy things I was trying to do, it was almost like they were canceling each other out um, because alcohol creates inflammation in the body. It disrupts your gut microbiome. It disrupts your digestion. All, the, all these things that I can see in hindsight. But honestly, at the time, I didn't know that. So I just knew that I knew I was drinking too much and I knew it was bad for me. And I also knew that I didn't really want to stop or I had a hard time cutting back and so I was waking up in the middle of the night like 3 a.m every night with my heart pounding and my brain just like spiraling with anxiety and worry and judgment 
And, um, and so again, just understanding the science behind all of these mechanisms, um, it helped me just get a little bit of space in between that, that inner dialogue of judgment and blame to think like, well, maybe, maybe this isn't totally my fault. Maybe, maybe this is something that I'm uh, not fallen. I can't think of the right word, but, but just, it gave me a, a little bit of access to that. What if um, that I think is so important in all of this. Absolutely. And not holding it against yourself for what you didn't know. Like that's the part that yeah. is very, it's very difficult to tap into that at first. And when you start to learn the science and you start to really be able to look at the big picture, you allow yourself to, that's when, that's when things open up and you can start talking to yourself like you're a human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can't remember where I was first talking to people about this, but I, we were talking about shame and putting shame onto habit changes, right? And what you mentioned earlier, like this is what, something that's really important. And when you add shame, and I'm going to be talking about myself here, to a six foot two black hole pile of shame, mm -hmm. it doesn't add up to much because it just gets lost in everything else. So all that does is perpetuate the cycle of, continuing to do it because yeah. you feel as though this is all you deserve. And it's just confirmation that, yeah, this is what I deserve to be stuck here and know that there's a change that I want to make. I just can't make it because I'm stuck here. So what is a good approach for people who want to talk to somebody about making a change in their life, such as the relationship with alcohol, such as something that's stuck because yeah, this is where the mental health and the sobriety component, like they intersect with my world so much because it's very similar approaches. They can be used across all of this in life. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the key in that is finding the right person to connect with because I think you know there there are so many different attitudes and opinions and perspectives out in the world and I think um I mean you know again on the topic of alcohol I am so thrilled to finally see the conversation starting to change I mean we've seen a number of like big high visibility news articles coming out about, you know, the dangers of alcohol or just about, you know, just like thoughtful perspectives on, on drinking <laughs> the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's really so reassuring to see that conversation starting to change because I feel like for so long there has been so much stigma attached. I mean, again, like that, because, because there's this standard belief by a lot of people in our society. It was a belief that I held before entering into this space that I didn't even necessarily, it's not that I believed it on purpose. It was just by the amount of exposure um, in our society to that basic general outdated now understanding that, that 
even just using language like having a problem with alcohol or, um, you know, let alone terms like alcoholic or um, the, the idea that you need to hit some kind of rock bottom before you, you make a change. Um, all of that, I think for me, it became this internalized, that's where a lot of my judgment and shame came from. It was like this internalized, like, oh shit, I did something wrong. Um, you know, I was supposed to have, I was supposed to drink responsibly and I clearly didn't, I did something wrong. And now I've ended up in this position where, um, you know, I, I needed some support. I needed some help. I was, I was really struggling with my stress and I was, I was spiraling into legitimate depression, which I didn't know how to recognize because I'd never experienced it before, but, but I needed some support and the, the stigma held me back from talking about it openly. And I think that there is, I, again, part of why I'm here, part of why I'm a coach is to do my part to change that conversation, to keep it moving in, in this direction of just being able to speak openly and plainly about all of this stuff. Um, in the realm of, you know, addiction in general, there's a physical, biological component at play here that, again, it it's not because there's something wrong with us. It's not because we're broken somehow. It's just because we're human that we're experiencing some of these things. And being able to just talk about it like that with someone someone with the same perspective, even better, somebody that's actually been there and that understands what it feels like. I mean, that reaching out and finding someone that, that you can really trust to just talk about all this stuff with, I think can be just, I mean, life-changing. Yeah. And breaking it down into the, because we're human. That just, I got goosebumps just saying that because it's, we hold ourselves to a standard. A lot of us do, right? I think everybody does, but I don't yeah. like to use, I don't, I don't like to use those, you know, big all-inclusive terms because everybody's journey is their own, right? That's what this is spotlighting. That's what this podcast is. That's what it's been from the beginning. And the simplest terms to break it down because you're human. And as you say that, you just have this understanding that I can still have a standard for myself that is high and reach this understanding that I'm not perfect in yeah. every situation, right? I was making some videos yesterday and uh here's a hint for something that's coming out uh you know in probably a couple of weeks because i got so many in the chamber but i was talking with a friend and i brought up you know oh if i you know go to the doctor and they tell me i have five years to live like i wouldn't even be sad and he's like well that's why wouldn't you be sad i'm like because i have a lot of time to enjoy things so i calculated out the very bare minimum that you have it's 1,825 days, 1,825 days. 
you have 1,825 opportunities to do different, right? To create joy in your life, to create joy for somebody else that you get to stand in and revel in. And also you're human. So that 1,825 days, 30 of them, an entire month is you're in a low spot. You're not living up to the standard that you're holding to yourself. That's 30 days out of 1,825. That's a hell of a good ratio, right? So when you break things down and you're able to kind of see, it can give you a perspective that it's, and this is the difference. It's not toxic positivity. It's not that just find the lesson, find the positive in everything you have to. No, it's the understanding, right? That you are going to have days where you're not going to live up to this higher self and your best self. And it's all sliding. What your best self is how you are right now. I think, I think that's really the rub that you're trying to, when people all of a sudden see that, it's just like, oh, I've been looking at this all wrong. And all of that to say, like, you have, you have an opportunity when you recognize that you're human and you, as you said, talk to somebody who has been there, who can hold space for you, who can be understanding and just point out you're human. Of course, mm -hmm. things are not going to be perfect and you're not always going to act a hundred percent perfect in every single situation. Um, it's really yeah. powerful when you get to that point. I, I love that. I love what you just said. And I, I so feel that it's like, there's an element, like a little bit of what I'm hearing you say. I, it's been so interesting for me in this journey is that I know in the past, I, it's almost like I had this tightness about everything. Um, mm -hmm like I was grasping at everything and just desperately seeking happiness, approval, yes. acceptance. Yes. And, and so your point about even, even no, even if you were handed, you know, some kind of end point <laughs> for this existence, it's like, there is this sort of relaxing that happens. Like now that I've, now that I've cleared my body and mind from that frenetic energy that alcohol creates, it's like I've got this peaceful anchor within myself that, I mean, it's everything that I was so desperately looking for before, I have now found. And it's by by one change by removing alcohol and not that that's a simple change to make clearly that's a layered process but it's I mean again in hindsight it is just mind-blowing to me to see the difference to feel the difference on this side of it it's like it's so powerful it's peaceful I mean, that's, that's what I want everybody to feel. If I could, right. if I could take this out of my head and just, you know, plunk it into 
everybody else's, I would, because it feels so good. It's so much better over here. It's like, yeah, life is not perfect. It's not, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. It's, <laughs> it's still life. And, you know, yeah. life can hand you some, some shit sometimes, but there's this, there's this peacefulness and there's like, even the hard stuff doesn't even necessarily feel as hard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, life on this side is, it's just beautiful. And there was, um, there's a poet that I really just love with all my heart. Their name is Andrea Gibson. And um, they, I mean, they just spin language into gold. And so I'm, now I'm afraid I'm going to misquote their words, but um, they, they were talking recently just about a perfect compliment to what you were just saying about thinking about life, not so much in length, but in width and in thinking about just how broad and how expansive we can be in every moment in a single day, regardless of how many how many other days we have, just the width of experience that we can have in this moment. Um, and it stuck with me and sort of rolling around in my mind this week. So I love that you just said essentially the same thing. And that is, that is so true. I used to have, when you were talking about having, you know, grasping and it used to be that sand, the tighter you grasp, the more, the quicker it falls through your, your fingers. And I would look at my life and I would say, where is the time going? Why is it constantly yeah. speeding up? And I used to say, it's because of all the responsibility. It's because of every year you kind of feel a uh, one year less that you have, right? To make things happen. And now with where I'm at right now, the things that I understand about myself, the things that I've accepted about myself, instead of looking at everything as now I have one year less, it's more what, what is it that I can do 10 minutes from now that I'm going to enjoy tomorrow when I look back and having that frame of reference and not being so focused on losing, but you're focused on creating, as you said earlier too. And it's just, that is, that's it. Like that's, that starts, <laughs> that's another one that it really starts to change things. And there's been so many things where yeah. I'm like, if you do this one thing, you're going to feel it. And it's like, yeah, that is true. Like there's a lot of one things Yeah. when it starts to all stack up, it's just, that feeling of peace and serenity and contentedness. And you're like this, I'm not necessarily happy. I'm just, I just know that I can handle things. Yeah. That's what the happiness that we've been striving for is. Yes. And it's so ironic. Like looking back is so ironic 
And, you know, I do my best not to look back with that, with that perspective of like, oh, I, it's, I think it's easy to shift into that perspective of, I wish I had known this sooner or yes. I wish I had done this sooner. Absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, that's just, again, that's just like a human thought to have, but I think that there's, there really is truth. And this is going to sound really cliche, but I, there is truth to the, the, the thought that, that everything happens when it's supposed to happen. And again, I know that even just those words coming out of my mouth, it's it's so cliche, but, um, but it's like, I knew, I know for me, I needed to learn certain lessons first before this kind of knowing this kind of understanding was possible. Like I needed to learn some of those lessons and I needed to learn some of those lessons a couple of times over turns yeah. out, um, <laughs> which kind of sucks. But, right. um, but, but yeah, again, you know, it's just like, it's just part of the process and I'm, I'm so glad to be here right now. It's almost like I wouldn't trade any of the hard stuff in the past either, because I can see now that it's helped me get to where I am today. Um, Absolutely. If, if somebody just tells you the lesson, but you don't understand why, because you haven't felt it, that lesson yeah. isn't going to mean anything to you. There's very few people that can ha take wisdom that is passed down and implement it without actually feeling why that lesson is what that lesson is. And yeah. I've, I've been there because it's like, I know this, I know things that better, I know better than how I've yeah. been acting. But, and I've still put myself in those situations and it's, well, why? Well, just because I know better doesn't mean I can see and feel what that lesson is in that moment until I see and feel it. Yeah. And I think that's what alcohol, right? You mentioned it earlier where it was that all-in-one coping, all-in-one stress relief, all-in-one. And as humans, the want to simplify Sometimes we simplify the wrong things too much. Yeah. That's that draw, that magic bullet. You just want it over. Yeah. And understanding that when you start, you have to start from where you are. You cannot start from where you wish you were. Yes. And when you are able to come to that, things just feel easier because now you have that understanding that you're human and you can't start from a place that you've never been. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, God, so again, that's a perspective that I, it's ironic again, based on the conversation we're having, but that's also something that I wish I could just gift to other people yes. because I think I think that part of that again contributed to my internal my my it it was just fuel for my inner critic you know mm -hmm. way way back was 
feeling like I did know better in some ways and not necessarily having the capacity to do better at the time and just judging the hell out of myself for that. It was this, it was this perpetuating cycle. Um, so I, I think that that's another benefit of um, finding, finding someone to support you in your own work, whether it's alcohol or beyond, but, and again, whether it's, whether it's a coach or a guide or even a close friend, like just finding someone to say all of this stuff out loud to can be really helpful because some of this stuff, when we keep it in our own minds, it just loops and loops and loops and it compounds and you know, we think we're thinking in complete sentences, but we're not. It's like these half, half complete thoughts. And uh, it's real easy for, you know, we've got some, some defaults in our brain based on survival mechanisms. And, you know, we've got that negative bias, the part of our brain that's trying to keep us safe, trying to keep us away from danger. That can default to a lot of, um, not accidental negativity, but default negativity um, and and just being able to say some of this stuff out loud to someone that can hold that space for you and to say like oh actually that's so normal like I'm feeling that too that, that's so understandable like again just helping you ac access that that self-compassion and the clarity of what it is that you're even saying to yourself in the first place yes Is that where you have found the biggest benefit to coaching on your journey is having someone to talk and spitball and throw shit against the wall and see what sticks and being able to sort through and ask you why, why do you think that people don't feel that way? Or why do you think that you're alone with that? That is? Abs 100%. I, I think I'm experiencing now, even as a certified coach, I mean, the, the, I have so many tools now. I can, I can coach myself through a lot of things. I have the tools. I have the framework. I, I know what I can do if I'm having a, a hard moment or some hard emotions, um, or if I find myself in a thought, thought loop or a thought spiral. I have the tools to, to do a lot of that work myself, but even now with all the tools and the training that I have, there's, um, there's a limit to the kind of work that you can do on your own. I think inherently because there's a saying, uh, what is it? That you can't see the label from inside the jar. It's like, Ooh, we are, <laughs> it's not a good one. <laughs> because in because inherently we are in our own minds there's only so much that we can do within our own perspective and and to this day when i'm working through something with a a fellow coach um in saying things out loud i will catch things i will catch thoughts or perspectives or beliefs or you know, little hidden layers of judgment in what I am thinking in my own mind that I haven't caught before. And I, and, and I've been journaling and thinking and processing. And, you know, there is, 
there is such a power and a benefit in saying things out loud um, because you not only you hear yourself, but like you said, the other person, especially if it's a coach or a guide or, or a counselor that's trained in that kind of um, intuitive listening, you know, they can reflect back to you. Hey, I heard you say this. Do you want to dig into that a little bit deeper? You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's having a sounding board, um, but also a partner in listening because some of these some of these thoughts and beliefs that we have in there like i said they're just they're spiraling and looping around so fast our brains are so powerful i mean we we still know we the realm of science still knows so little about how the brain is actually functioning i mean it is incredible and it's it's a machine it's just firing away in there so fast that uh, again it it's just really hard for us to catch all of the little nuances and you know we're i hear myself speaking about you know these thoughts and and the way that the mind is working and i'm talking about the power of mindset in from a level of understanding that i did not have before i started this journey and i definitely did not have back when i was drinking um and you know so the that that's partially why i'm so excited to have um not only my my private coaching but also this group coaching uh, experience um because within that within both spaces there's potential to have the conversations that you need to have in the the early stages of your journey with alcohol um you're talking a lot about the substance. You're getting to understand all of those nuances, the the physiological cycles that we've been talking about, the hormones, all that stuff. But once you get deep enough into that journey and once you're able to get some space away from drinking, you start to access this, all of this other stuff that we're talking about. And it's so exciting to see people get to that point. And it's so exciting to have those conversations because the potential for growth in this space is exponential. It's like, it's like alcohol is just the doorway, any kind of coping mechanism, food, sugar, technology, overworking, you know, all of anything that we're using to cope, anything that we're using to numb, or escape when you turn and face that that is just a doorway into this deeper space this deeper realm of clarity understanding peace self-discovery you know all of this all of this incredible powerful stuff that we're talking about I just love that I get to have these conversations (laughs) at all (laughs) I absolutely agree with you because a lot of these perspectives that I have, a lot of these, you know, gems that people really like that I've simplified and had, they're on the shoulders of giants, as Isaac Newton said. I'm not doing this because I'm smart or intelligent or I'm anything more than what anybody listening to this is. 
it's these conversations where you say something that just clicks jogs. You learn something like I have, I have learned so much from Brene Brown. I've learned so much from, um, you know, even Annie, Annie Grace from this naked mind. You get this vocabulary that you start to talk to yourself with, you start to understand different things. And as you apply it to your own life and your own understanding, you can start to transform it to a way that works for you. And that makes, that allows you to come up with your own metaphors, your own definitions, your own ways of relating it. And that's going to resonate with some people. It's not going to hit other people. And that's okay because yeah. they'll find, they'll find it on their own or they won't. And either way that's theirs. And as you start to, have these little epiphanies that add up. It's just, um, you life really becomes about, like I said, 10 minutes from now, hour from now, you don't wake up anymore saying, I can't wait till it's Saturday. I can't wait till it's yeah. the weekend. It's, can I take 15 minutes out of today? 15 minutes do something that allows me to feel good about me. That's all it, that's all you need. And then you'll find more time than 15 minutes. Start with five minutes, start with two minutes. Yeah. It does feel uncomfortable at first. All of this feels uncomfortable and uneasy. And yeah. honestly, you feel silly with quite a bit of it. But when you embrace that, oof, does it, you start to realize that silliness keeps you young. Um, yeah, what I was just going to say was I have a, um, if you could see the amount of post-it notes on my side of the <laughs> fence here, you would laugh. Me too. Have, me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've got a ton of post-it notes. And um, one of the ones that I have front and center that I look at every single day says, it's just a reminder. Oh, and I, it's a quote. Maybe it's a roomy quote. Anyway. Uh, it, it's just a, a concept that there is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. And that reminds me every day that like, I feel, I, I mean, again, in our society with the hustle and the grind, I think that we can so easily shift into this, this perspective of that, that, I'll be happy when kind of thinking like, yes, when I get that job, I'll be happy or when I lose 10 pounds or when I get married or when I, you know, we, we have these goals and these mile markers that we think once we get there, then we will be happy or it will feel a certain way. And while part of that is true, it's the process of getting there that has that holds the most potential like our life is not happening in the future when we reach that goal our life is happening in this moment right now yes. and so finding that way like you said even if it's just five minutes or two minutes you know whatever is accessible to you in any moment of any day like knowing that there could be an element of peace or play 
in your day. There could be an element of calm. You know, there's all kinds of tools that we learn about regulating your nervous system. And, you know, there's the practice of gratitude and, and the, the neuroscience behind how that impacts your mind. And, you know, there's all these tricks and tools that we have now, but you're absolutely right that the key is no matter, no matter what you're doing, it doesn't have to be an hour of exercise every day. It doesn't have to be a journaling practice where you sit down for 30 minutes every morning. I mean, that's not accessible to a lot of us, especially in the beginning of, of all of this. Um, and so just finding those little windows of time, um, when I'm coaching people around burnout, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conversations about this, about finding those little micro moments throughout the day that can just be for you. Closing your eyes and taking three deep breaths before you send the next email. It sounds like such a little thing and it might feel kind of silly at first, um, but, but finding those little tools that work for yourself can slowly build up to make a really big difference in the long run. It absolutely does. And one thing that I've learned that you just touched on too is our breathing, right? If you notice how you're breathing when you're really stressed out and you can just shift it to those three deep breaths, it's incredible how fast your whole body just the feelings change. You reset, honestly, you reset. What is one of your favorite tools to help somebody in a moment of, in a, in a really, a moment of some overwhelm, a moment of you realize I'm starting to get to a point that I'm going to make a bad decision. I'm something, I don't want to feel like this anymore. What is one of your favorite tools to use? Yeah. I love that question. I, there's two that I want to say, but the, but the first one really, that I feel like is the most accessible to people um, in just like the, the pace of day-to-day -day life is um, literally just closing your eyes, putting your hands on your heart. If you're not in a space where you would feel weird about doing that and just taking one deep breath. I feel like, again, the pace of our day-to-day -day lives, we are all so busy and our brains are firing at top speed. Our nervous system is reacting at top speed to everything that we're coming in contact with, everything that we're thinking and feeling. And so getting a little bit of space in between that thought and reaction feeling and reaction it taking taking one breath with your eyes closed and maybe even just asking yourself if you're safe in that moment asking yourself a question can re-engage your 
conscious thinking mind. We've got the survival brain and the cognitive brain. And so if you're really feeling triggered, if you're really feeling in over, like you're spiraling in overwhelm, closing your eyes, hands on heart, taking a breath and asking yourself, am I safe in this moment? The act of kind of shutting yourself down like that, closing your eyes, shutting down the stimulation, and also asking yourself a question, it's calming the nervous system and it's also re-engaging your conscious mind. And that can just, again, it can just provide you a little bit of space in between that, that trigger or that overwhelm and just boom reaction can give you a little bit of space to center yourself so that you can actually just respond. What's the second one? The second one yes. is, um, <laughs> <laughs> the second one is, um, have you heard Dr. Andrew Huberman talk about the physiological sigh? Yes. So it's, before, I think, was it you that brought it to the group about the sigh and how it resets? Like our yeah, coaching maybe. Talent? I mean, I love, I love that thing. I love talking about that. Yeah. Because I used to have these deep automatic size and people would always ask me what's wrong and I'm what are you talking about I didn't realize that it was something that other people didn't do and when it was brought up I was like oh oh that's why I do that <laughs> you knew you were <laughs> so doing it before it was it. cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's called the physiological sigh and again it's a tool a, a a nervous system regulation tool that is so easy to do. And this one you can do even like sometimes I do it when I'm on calls, like, you know, speaking in public is hard for me and I feel like it triggers my nervous system and I get really uh, nervous. My heart starts beating really fast. Um, so you can do this even when other people are watching. Um, and what it is, is it's, it's an inhale and then it's another quick inhale. So you're filling your lungs and then you're kind of pushing it to fill even more. And then you're breathing out a long, slow exhale. And, and there's, there's, um, there's more like ways to do it if you want, you know, there's more rules you can follow when you're doing it, but ultimately it's a breath in, another breath in, really long, slow exhale. And that kind of breathing that you were just sort of naturally doing in your life. We do that naturally. We do that when we are falling asleep. Animals do it too. It's like this, it really is a physiological, um, uh, like automatic. Yeah. And if we do it on purpose, we can actually tap into that soothing mechanism. We, we tell our bodies, we are safe right now in inflating the lungs to that kind of capacity tells us inherently that we're safe. It also slows down our heart rate. Um, so that's the, that's the second tool that I really like using as a default. Um, and it's kind of, it's a, a favorite of my clients as well. Maybe that's chicken or the egg. I don't know. Like I do talk about it all the time. So. <laughs> and yeah, I love it. It turns out I did it all the time because I was in fight or flight all the time. So yeah. <laughs> as as I've re been able to 
bring my nervous system down. I don't do it often slash at all very much anymore. And it's yeah, like when you have that understanding, it's, oh, I can learn more from this. Like that's the, the doors that open up that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. How can people keep up with you, Jamie? Thank you for asking, RJ. I, um, my website is jamiephillips.coach. And um, my Instagram is revolutionary alcohol reset. And there's some underscores in there. Revolutionary underscore alcohol underscore <laughs> reset. Um, I have, yeah, I think those are the two main ways. Um, that my, I was going to say my community space is yes. the website. The, the easiest access point to the community space is pause the poor and more.com just all the words spelled out um and honestly if you find me in any of those ways um you can just reach out and i can give you more information about if you're interested in one-on-one coaching or even just resources or group coaching you know i can i can point you in whatever direction feels best for you and for those of you that you can see now that if you book a free discovery call with Jamie, that in its own is going to provide you with some life-changing moments. And we've been here for 50 minutes and you've already provided <laughs> what three or four tools that bring you back to yourself. And that is something that when you utilize, you don't understand how much it's going to help you. So Go follow Jamie. It'll be in the show notes. Book that discovery call, have a conversation and let her show you the power of having that perspective, having that accountability too. Um, because that's something that we downplay as well is the accountability factor. But this episode mm -hmm. has been powerful. It has been providing tips and tricks and just an amazing conversation I want to thank you for braving your nerves and being <laughs> courageous and booking this call because we talked about it last month and you did it and I'm proud yes. of you and you yeah. absolutely crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. Um, and I want to thank you. So oh. this has been the Tap Keg podcast podcast where we look at different perspectives of sobriety, mental health, so you can take something and implement it into your own life. I'm Marjorie Zimmerman. Let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least if we don't make it, we tried. I love you.